time. We are live. Episode one of the Rafino and Joe show. I am one half of your host, Blake Rafino, and then I got my buddy here officially in the world. Sure. Joe DeLeone. Joseph, what's up, baby? How much? I'm excited that we uh, we rebranded the spinoff. We've got the official name. We've kind of been teasing it a little bit, but this is the start of something uh, fantastic, something great that's going to be a lot, a lot of great coverage during the off season and then into next season. Well, look, I'm excited. Like you said, I, I mean, this is something, you know, look, I've been covering LSU since 2017. Um, always have taught the SEC, always have taught college football, but obviously having someone like yourself and myself dedicating the show. And I mean, look, putting your name on it. I mean, you know, AYS never had the, you know, it wasn't the Rafino show. So, <laughs> I mean, it's really fun. I look, I look, I love college football. It really, when you play something and you're a part of something, you know, a lot of NFL guys talk the NFL, a lot of college guys talk college football, and that's what we do here. And so I'm excited. So for anybody who doesn't know, myself and Joe DeLeon both play college football. We're going to sure. talk a lot of college football. We're going to be a lot of SEC-centric here. But we're, look, I don't care what Eric Weinberger has to say. We're <laughs> going to talk college football because you kind of can't, you kind of have to, right? Like, you, we can be SEC-centric. We are going to be SEC-centric. Nevertheless, though, we got a lot to talk about today. I guess, Joe, it's going to be fun today. We got a lot to talk about. The playoffs being one, Ohio State versus Georgia. Well, what, what's that look for? Are we getting to Sam Hartman, by the way? Is that, are we getting yeah, to that? Yeah, we're getting to Sam okay. Hartman. Can I'm you, just can making you sure. Just, can you sit there and be quiet for five seconds? No, 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 because you were coming at me over the Sam Hartman stuff, so I'm just making sure we're getting to it. Making okay, sure we're hold covering on. It. Hold on. <laughs> All right, we will talk the playoffs. Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Michigan. Sonny Dykes had some really interesting words about the SEC. I'm going off on Sonny Dykes this morning. You freaking Rudy Poo. Sonny, you play Colorado in Tarlington State. Hush. He wants to play I, the Citadel, apparently. I think apparently that's yeah, what it is. He wants to play the Citadel. He's taking a shot at Bama. He's taking a shot at Bama. Okay. Line up with Bama right now, Sonny Dykes. I bet you get the <laughs> cheeks clapped. Anyway, so we'll talk about those. We'll make our picks. We do have some bowl games. Joe, we 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 launched on Twitter. We, I went 3-0 and yesterday in the parlay. I think that's something that we, we need to keep doing, my picks and your picks for the day, mm-hmm. and, and we'll keep that going. So we'll talk some bowl games. We Notre Dame is a part of this today. They play South Carolina. I will give you the floor on this one as Merry Christmas to you. The Cox and the uh, the Cox and the Catholics are going to be to it. today. Yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to say we got Cox versus Catholics, and that that uh, branding of that game has has kind of picked up some steam. You sent me the t shirt that that picture of that t shirt. Barstool actually put out a t shirt. If if only we were I doing this the show sooner, we could have we could have made our own Cox versus Catholics t shirts. But uh, I have a lot of faith in Notre Dame in this game, and I think it's going to be a really fun one. I am not betting on it. I'm not going to put myself through that. But I think Notre Dame is going to put up a really Really good fight, and I think this should be a winnable game for them. On the opposite side, I think that that is a really good game. South Carolina, obviously, is probably the hottest team in the country over the last two games that have been played, beating Tennessee, beating Clemson. But Clemson also plays today as well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, the the K. Klubnik, 
uh, 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 era begins here. I don't know how much I trust Joe Milton, the former Michigan quarterback. He obviously started off at Tennessee before Hinton Hooker. Um, we'll talk about that game as well. The SEC has struggled a little bit out the gate in these bowl games. I, I, I've told people for weeks on our Saturday show that wasn't that that was not named. I still think Florida and Billy Napier is in trouble here, Joe. So we'll talk about some of the games that you know that did happen. This has been a fun bowl year, though. I, I mean, it's yeah. been a lot of close games. Last night, I, I will admit. The Michael Penix, Michael Penix Jr., I am a Michael Penix Jr. homer. I, I will admit this. I don't know how you feel about him. He's fantastic, and, and it's it, it's so goofy to see a guy who was at Indiana, and he and he stunk. He really wasn't very good at Indiana. You know he stunk at Indiana? Well, so my main point is that he was surrounded by a really bad team. So it brought him down to a level that we just kind of thought he was one of these middling guys and he transfers to Washington. And some people don't even know if he's going to start there. But you take a guy that's got traits, that's talented, and you throw him into a much better situation, a well-coached situation, an offense that plays to his strengths, the guys like that can take off. Like that, That's exciting that's to see. True. It's fun to see. And I'm curious to see what his NFL draft projection is going to be like because he's a very unique player. Um no, but he balled out last night. He he popped off on Texas. It was a fantastic performance by him. I, I look, he did he did have some really bad throws. Okay, like I can't I, I can't underestimate how bad some of those throws he had was into coverage. But he he, he he just doesn't give a shit in the in a sense. Like he just is like, hey man, I I know what I'm saying. I, I know what's going on here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip you know rip it. And so I thought that the game was really fun last night. So we might talk a little couple of bowl mania. Uh, also, what else do we have going on here? I forgot my notes. Uh, oh, favorable. Oh, ask us. So we'll ask us and maybe do a little 2023 preview uh, mm -hmm. as well going into next year. Joe, there are some teams that are out there that I think don't have question marks. I think there are some really high-ranked teams that do have some question marks. If we have time, we'll end it off there. So a lot to get to today. But we do got to start off the show talking about our good friends over at betonline.ag before we get to the playoffs. Guys, we've been hitting these parlays. We've been talking about these games, Bet. Go over to Bet. What's that? I said we've been cashing them out at Bet Online. We have been cashing them out. They've been paying your boy double. I don't think that they like <laughs> me right now. We've been put, we've been we've been getting paid on this one. But go over to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Use the promo code Believe50 at checkout to get 50% off. Your welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Joe, we will have that commercial officially for next the next time we're on here. All right. Where do you want to start? We do have the playoffs. I'll give you the floor. I want to go TCU. I really do want to go TCU Michigan first and okay. then get to probably the bigger game, which I think will be the bigger game in Georgia versus Ohio State. So let's start off with TCU. Um and Michigan, how do you see this game playing out tomorrow? Yeah, as much as I have been, uh, very oddly enough, a TCU homer, even though I have no affiliation with, with TCU whatsoever, they, they've, been fun, they've been fun to watch. They've been exciting. They have stepped into every single game not being supposed to win. They, they're not supposed to win any of the games that they've won, yet they have magically strung together late drives, huge plays and they almost did it against Kansas state and they very well could have won and frankly should have won the big 12 championship. But we get to this point now where 
they have to face tougher competition. I am reluctant to put faith in TCU in this game simply because of the physicality mismatch that they have at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Michigan offensively and defensively have some big dudes. They've got the best offensive line in the country. Their defensive line in their front seven is also really underrated. Not as talented as we've seen in the past, but still really freaking good. If they can physically dominate Ohio State the way that they did, it's going to be a really long day for TCU. And I, I don't know if I can put a lot of faith in this game being close because of that. Let me start off with this with Sonny Dykes. Sometimes when you get a little too cocky, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. Let me say this. Sonny Dykes, if you miss these comments, uh, Joe, that I think it was yesterday during his media availability, Sonny Dykes, the head coach of TCU, said something to the effect that the SEC doesn't play 10 conference games. And when they're playing the Citadel, so he's taking a shot at Alabama, that we got to play Oklahoma State. Well, let, 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 let's just stop right there for just a quick second. Okay, Sonny, you start off the season with Colorado, Tarleton State, and SMU. Those three teams suck. What you didn't do is you had teams in the SEC like Tennessee who traveled to Pittsburgh. You had LSU playing Florida State. Alabama, Georgia, Georgia playing a top-ranked Oregon team, which let's call it what it is. Oregon, although some people think suck, they don't suck. They're a really good football team. You can't start off the season by playing Colorado – and tell me, oh, well, we play a conference game that's better than yours down the road. The SEC has some of the top and probably is still the top conference in all of America. Sonny Dykes is playing Kansas. Kansas I mean, a bad so, team. Well, they're six and six. <laughs> well, actually, right. they're six and seven. The, the six and seven teams or – the, the 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 teams that would revolve. So if you put a comparison from Kansas and where they're at in the Big Twelve, that would be like that would be like TCU or, or, or playing Ole Miss. Now Texas Tech took care of Ole Miss. People are going to have a lot to say about that. They still have a lot of opt outs. I don't know how to really read the bowl season anymore. Mm-hmm. But my thing is like Sonny, you got a game against. Michigan this upcoming or in a couple of actually tomorrow why are you worried about the SEC Joe I think this one's going to be really bad I think it might be close to start the game but I think as the game goes on I I, I think that Michigan's really just going to take it to TCU I like Max Duggan I told you I've made fun of TCU but now that we're here at the game it the only way that TCU wins is if he goes absolutely Superman the problem with that is I don't think that TCU has the guys up front that can match up with Michigan. They just don't. With that being said, I think it's going to be a little bit of a bloodbath. Maybe that's just me. I've never been on this TCU hype train. I don't think that they're a good team when it comes to the playoffs. I think they're a good team in reference to maybe just college football. But when look, I saw Kansas State take it to TCU up front. What do you think Michigan's about to do? Right, right. That's the really good point there. The one thing that will keep TCU in this game, you talked about Duggan being really important, but on the flip side of it, I think J.J. McCarthy is also equally as important, if not more important, because we've watched... I agree with that. We've watched J.J. have bad games this year, and it has completely taken that Michigan offense out of the game, even with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. His lack of stepping up to the occasion has hindered them. The one thing I will say, if TCU can match 
the way that they played against Texas, similarly structured team, I think that they have a shot. And what I'm talking about is they took Bijan Robinson out of that game, completely out of that game. And they said, Quinn Ewers, who's a supremely talented five-star quarterback, just like JJ, they said, Quinn, if you're so freaking talented, you beat us because you're not going to have a run game to rely on. And if they can do that, they say, hey, we're taking Donovan Edwards out of the game. We're going to get creative with our, our run blitzes. We're going to stop you at the line of scrimmage. JJ, you need to put the team on your back. You need to throw for 300 yards if you want to defeat us. That's what it's going to take. So if JJ doesn't step up, JJ doesn't have the same type of game that he had against Ohio State, which he can certainly do it. He's hot right now. Could actually be a closer game than we expect. Both teams are very reliant on hitting the deep passes. I mean, McCarthy went 12 of 24 for three touchdowns and 200-some-odd yards against Ohio State. I, I'm with you there. I'm with you. You're going to have to stop them running the football, though. I don't – I just don't think they have the dudes. Like, I, I don't think I don't think that there's anything that they can do. Like, they can stack the box all the live long day and uh, that they want to. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to – Look, of all the top, let me just say this, of the top six to eight teams in the, in the country right now, one through eight, TCU is the weakest up front on both lines of scrimmage. It's, it's, not, it's not remotely close. Maybe you can say Tennessee defensively. The problem with that is, is I still think Tennessee up front offensively is much better than you are. I think they're the weakest there. I think they get exposed from it. I do agree with you on this. If there's a chance for TCU to win, I think you're spot on. I think mm -hmm. you're 1,000% spot on on how you got to stop them. The problem is if you're Sonny Dykes, you saw Ohio State try to do that same exact thing. Joe, Michigan had seven rushing yards in the first half, and J.J. McCarthy came out and started spanking them. I mean, he literally pulled their pants down and started <laughs> saying, bad baby, bad baby. I mean, just started spanking them down the field. Now, on first and second down, he was atrocious. But on third down, he was the best quarterback in the country that day. And I think that McCarthy has gotten a lot better. Here's the interesting part for me, though. Here's the only the interesting part for me. I do wonder how much Michigan wants a revenge. I think Harbaugh's built a culture around Michigan that's just a tough-nosed, you know, hand-in-the-dirt, let's go. Like, in a way, you know, and I know that, you know, a lot of LSU fans will trickle over from our show into this one. He is a more advanced offensive mind, less miles type of football. Let's get down on the dirt. Let's run the football. And then when the passes start opening up, we will start – Oh, I was like, damn, I hear my, my I hear myself. I hear an echo, but it was just <laughs> it was just <laughs> the YouTube side. Anyway, I, I think that they do that. I again, I I I, re I really just think that it's just going to be a bloodbath. And and you know what's funny, Joe, that I thought about this last night when I was prepping for the show and I was thinking about what we we're going to talk about. In the beginning of the year, if you remember, everybody talked about in the preseason that the collision course, the collision course was going to be Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah. It's now funny that the collision course is being set to Michigan and Georgia, the, the opposite sides of this. I just still think Michigan's the better football team. I think they're the better coaching staff. I, I, I just lean there. I, just, I don't think they're deep enough. Again, all that makes sense, but the thing is every single week TCU has done something that doesn't make against, sense. That, that's why like but against, I – But against whom? 
Well, yeah, they're doing it against Baylor. They're going doing it against Texas. They're Correct. doing it. They're they almost did it against Kansas State. If they get down against Michigan early, it's going to get worse. Because well, Michigan does not start off fast at all. How many? Well, that's true. I so that's part of my reluctance here to to really commit to the Michigan's going to dog them. They're going to kick the crap out of them. I'm reluctant to commit to that because Michigan's not really structured like that. They are a slow grind it out type of team like we've talked about so they are if if it plays out like that it might not be that much of an insurmountable lead for them to get back into the game i that for that reason and again the 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 spontaneity of of how quickly they're able to score and the explosiveness that tcu brings to the table um I, i still have a little bit of faith i'm still not counting them out the logic in my head agrees with everything you just said the the crazy uh college football fan that loves chaos it's holding out a little bit of faith for that possibility that TCU can keep this game close or maybe pull off the upset. A long time ago, I gave up on the notion of uh, rooting for the under guy, underdog. Now, do I want the underdogs to win sometimes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't, don't get it twisted. But TCU, to me, has just made this experience for me, again, because of the – the stupid little shots that they've taken at the SEC. And for what, really? You know, like, for what reason? They've made me, they've made, they've gotten me to a point. I I just, you know, like, I just feel like as the Italians would say, they're Fugazi. (laughs) They're Fugazis. They are the, they are the, so listen, I went to Thailand about nine years ago. Okay. I go, I go up to the shopping cart and I see these the these Ray Bans or what I mm-hmm. think is Ray Bans. Guy's got his whole stand. I mean, I'm talking about he's got the, you know he's got the G19s. He's got all these, and I'm a sunglass dude. So I go out there and I'm like, dude. And so he, I said, how much are these? He goes a thousand baht, which is like thirty two dollars American. Well, these sunglasses are like seven hundred dollars in the states. So I'm like, bro. Yeah, I'll buy them. So I get I get back to our apartment. I'm looking at it. It was Ray Dan's. <laughs> well, come on, they you would have known though that that was that was fake, regardless. But Ray Dan's is hilarious. Ray Dan's, <laughs> but it was they, they put a little bit of little bit of a crease inside the D. Okay, fake enough. And they put a fake serial number on it. So my thing is is TCU is like my experience in Thailand with the Ray Dan's. They're fugazi. That's how. That's what I believe of them. And look, mm-hmm. I I really do think that Harbaugh. Look, here's something too, Joe. That I, I've listened to a lot of people preview this game. Playoff experience is a is a real thing. Okay, playoff experience. But how is, much of this? How much of this Michigan team is still really higher um, offense? Well, J.J. wasn't the starting quarterback last True, year, too. That's but, the only... Uh, but he understands the preparation. Yeah. He was in that room when the preparation happened. He understands why they lost to Georgia. Like, I get he wasn't on the field, but regardless of him being on the field or not being on the field, it, 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 it's... It, it, Joe, when you go through... It's like, a te- it's like a team that... Like Alabama. You know why Alabama has so much success in the playoff? It's because the younger guys expect it and know how to react to it because they're taught from the guys that are in front of them. Right. That's why they have success. That I think Michigan has the upper hand because of the experience last year. I, I really do believe that. Look, the I again I agree with all, all the things you're saying. It's just that the 
I can't sit here and come up with an argument for why TCU could win. As much as I want to sit here and do that, and as everyone knows who tuned in to the the morning show that we did that this is a spinoff of, I love to contradict the normal takes and the logical takes. (laughs) No. I want to sit here and come up with an argument for TCU, but I freaking can't. The only one I can kind of rely on is the way that they played against Texas, but I don't know. I'm just holding out that little bit of magical hope, that little bit of magical hope that that TCU can can do. And I know that as an SEC fan, you're now pissed at Sonny for the stuff he was saying. Letting, I if can't he came make, to this Rafino house right now, I'd slap the shit out of him. Well, I can't make an excuse for him because like, I I don't know what he was trying to say. I, I really don't know what he was trying to say with those comments. I don't either. It it for the most part is has created a negative attention on the team, which again, I don't, I don't, I don't get why you would come into a game with that approach, but I'm hoping that there's maybe a little bit of pixie dust still left in, in, in Max Duggan's game this season where he can pull something out. I just want fun. I don't want to watch. I, I always root for, you're talking about not wanting to commit to underdogs. I like to just watch good competitive fun games. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch Michigan grind the clock out. I really don't. That's not going to be very entertaining to do if if that's what the outcome is. Well, it's not entertaining for most people. It's entertaining for me because I like watching big dudes run over small other big dudes. You know, like I, you know, like I'm a big fight fan. I watch. I like watching the UFC and I like watching the heavyweights go at it. Like tied to Ivasa and the Shuey and stuff like that. Like I, I, I just I. I I I do still like that that style of uh, of football. Let me tell you what you know. I, I I'm with you. I, I think Max Duncan's. I, I, I'm going to be careful here. I st- I think he's going to get a little exposed. I, I really do. I, I really do. If if the, if you take away Quentin Johnson, like somewhat of what Kansas State did in the second half in that game, I, I think that because look, he started off that first half with I think four or five catches. Yeah. He had three in the second one. They were double teaming him. Now he got his. Let's not get it twisted. I think Michigan just has the better dudes. All right, let's transition though. Let's talk about this because I think that this game we'll talk about probably the most. Ohio State and Georgia. Joe, this is where I sit with this. Okay. I I think if there is an underdog team that could really shock, quote unquote, shock the world here, it's not TCU. I think it's Ohio State. Because I still subscribe to the notion that LSU did something against Georgia, regardless if you saying it was garbage time or not, they still put up 500 passing yards against Georgia. And I think when you do stuff like that, you got to come back out and answer the bell. The only difference, the only difference, Ohio State has been so bad up front at times, a.k.a. Michigan, which we were just talking about, where if you think Michigan was a bloodbath up front, what do you think Georgia's about to do? Joe, I think that this game's going to be a little closer than some maybe believe because I still think Ohio State has the athletes to stay around. But, man, if Georgia really starts leaning on Ohio State, it could get bad up front because they have shown that they, they're kind of a puffy, you know, this like a Hufflepuff type of team. Yes. You know, hashtag the Harry Potter. But they're a Hufflepuff type of team up front. This could get bad in, in some regards. So our Believe in Buckeye show had Joshua Perry on for their show this week, uh, former Buckeye players, so three former Buckeyes. And one of the quotes that that we clipped from it was, was Joshua Perry saying something along the lines of, I don't understand why everyone's counting us out. I don't understand why everyone's saying that 
we're going to get our asses kicked in this game and trying to make an argument for like, oh, that's that's wrong to make that assumption. They had one opportunity to prove how tough they were. Right. They had one chance to really show the type of team that they were and their aggressiveness, their tone, their tenacity, how they step up to to the occasion against a more physical and more talented or equally talented team. And they got whooped. It wasn't a close game. Whooped. They got beat so freaking bad. And they showed us one thing, that they're soft. So I, of course, am am going to lean into that because that is the only evidence I have on what Ohio Ohio State is built like and how they're going to come into this game. So I, as much as I think a lot of people here are saying that uh, Ohio State has the best likelihood to pull off the upset, I kind of push back on that notion. I understand that they're built to air a team out. They've got all these really good uh-huh. receivers. The softness, the the lack of aggression at the line of scrimmage scares me, and I don't think anyone's blocking Jalen Carter in this game. You could scheme I up as much as you want. You can triple team the dude. Go ahead. It is not going to stop Jalen Carter. It is not going to stop any of the remaining front seven guys. Ohio State fans, you guys are going to get your asses kicked. It is going to be a beatdown. They are going to get whooped in this game just like they did against Michigan. I will I, I will play the devil's advocate to this point. Ohio State tomorrow has to do this. This is the key to their victory for me. Abandon the run early. Abandon it. Okay. Get the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. It's of my opinion, Joe, I would get Marvin Harrison Jr. 10 targets at minimum in the first half. Let Ke- Ke- uh, Keely Ringo show you that he can gar- guard Marvin Harrison Jr. Get those safeties back. What LSU did really well against Georgia and the second half dictated this, and Jalen Carter was still in the game. Like, let's not get this twisted. LSU ran for 100 yards in the second half on Georgia. People forget that part, okay? What happened was is when Nussmeyer came out there and started slinging the ball down the field and started completing the passes that he needed to, those safeties got out of the box. You know who else did that in the second half against Georgia? Tennessee. Whether you think LSU was a garbage time game or not, Tennessee was not, and they started hitting some of those passes down the field. My point, my, my not to argue that point, yes. but my point is that – you know who else did that against Georgia? Missouri. Okay? My, po- my point is the teams that Georgia has struggled with offensively or defensively have been able to accomplish hitting passes down the field. Now, here's a stat. The teams that have had the most rushing yards or the most yards per carry. Now, now, now let me say rushing yards. Yards per carry in the second half. They had a minimum of three plays in the third quarter and a minimum of three plays in the second quarter that averaged over 15 yards per play in the pass. If you're able to attack them, this is what makes what, what makes people kind of sit back and say, okay, I, I understand what Georgia can do to them up front. There's not a better wide receiver in the country better than Marvin Harrison Jr., with that being said, I think that gives them a puncher's chance. I, I really – a, a, a I think Ohio State has more of a puncher's chance to beat Georgia than Ohio, than than TCU has against Michigan because of the simple fact it's not just Marvin Harrison Jr. They have dudes. They have 
I think that I think that Ohio State has a better quarterback than TCU. I think they had the better receivers. I think they had the better. They do no, have the better receiving core. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, quarterback. I think CJ is more talented. Think... I think CJ is more talented. But if we're talking about who steps up in situations and handles pressure better and makes concise decisions to put his team in a position to win, when and again we talked about how weak that that TCU offensive line is, how overrated it is, and how uh, less physical don't it confuse, is. Don't confuse toughness with being good, though. Don't confuse what Max Duggan did against Kansas State as being good. But my point is that he still makes plays. I've watched C.J. Stroud against Northwestern. Against Northwestern. When things weren't opening up in front of him on his first or second read, the guy, he can't. Now that's think. true. Now he, that's true. And that's why I'm really wary of drafting him as a, as a quarterback prospect. These Ohio State guys do not know what the hell to do when the half the field that they're reading doesn't open up. And C.J.'s a fine athlete, but – if he sits for a couple of seconds and Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't open immediately, I fear for his life. He is going to get hit a lot in this game. Like that's why I still keep turning to that is as, as talented as those receivers are. And exactly what you're talking about here, how we have the LSU game is proof. We have the Tennessee game is proof, but those quarterbacks did a better job of making decisions than I've seen CJ do all year. And if, Georgia just does a, a a slightly above average job. Give me 60% effort on slowing down, allowing anything quick up front, trying to make things develop slowly on the back end with longer passing plays. Stroud's going to be a sitting duck every single play. He's got to use his legs. He, he has been very cautious of using his legs all year. Which is weird. He's a good athlete. I know that's been really weird. The the only way they beat Northwestern State or Northwestern State Northwestern is because he had to use his legs. I mean, it was twenty seven mile an hour winds. How, why they were throwing the football, I have no idea. Why they couldn't go out there. Yeah. So to your point on that, why they couldn't just line up and beat the dog shit out of Northwestern beats right. the hell out of me. So I, I I do agree with you on that sense. I just still think they have a puncher's chance just because they have better athletes all around. They have more athletes. They have, let me say this. They have, so did you see this thing by Fox? And I don't, I really don't like going off the blue chip ratio. Uh, our, our producer, Pooh said they're starting and back up. <laughs> that, that, that is true. That's very true. Um, the blue chip ratio, though, is something I don't really focus on because when you've seen teams like LSU, like Justin Jefferson wasn't a blue chip guy, okay? Mm -hmm. um, Texas a has a lot of blue chip kids, but they, do. they don't develop them. The only thing is I do think that pans out, though, for teams like Ohio State because those blue chip guys are performing, okay? To Look, Joe, let's just be – to relative – Marvin Harrison Jr. is a blue chip guy. Like, he's the yes. best receiver in the country, Okay. So my point is, they were number two in five stars and four stars behind Georgia, okay? I just think that they still have the dudes, okay? Like, they like they can't – are they going to do it? No, they're not. I agree with you in the sense of that Georgia is just more talented over, overall. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm still cautious to say I want to see – I want to see – a team 
that has more talent than LSU on the outside uh, or uh, proven as of right now, a, a team that maybe can have a little bit more of a pulse to see what they can do. Let me ask you this, though, in a, in a small transition piece. Yeah. If Georgia does win, does win the does win it all. I know that you've said this. Are you ready to say they're the new Alabama? Because I, to a point, I, I might, I might go there. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone should be afraid to go in that direction and saying that if Georgia wins it this year, they are the fourth team to accomplish back-to-back national championships. I, it's the same damn graphic that that keeps getting put on the screen for these games. If they accomplish that. Absolutely, they are are trending to become the next Alabama. Actually, they are the next Alabama if they're able to accomplish that. Because I look at their success in recruiting. I look at their success on the field. I look at this, their success in producing NFL talent. They check all three boxes for a dynasty-esque team. And look, I'm not saying that Nick Saban is done, but he's going to retire soon. He's going to retire in the next couple of years. I don't know who they're going to hire. Nobody knows who they're going to hire. And I'm sure that they're going to throw as much money as possible at a, at a big name, maybe it's Dabo, maybe it's somebody else, they still are going to be transitioning very soon. And Georgia's going to be that next that next dynasty team. The biggest benefit that they have here is Kirby's pretty young for a head coach. Oh, well, yeah. He's probably in his 40s. I, I, if I'm uh, just I, guessing think his, I think he's in his 50s. Early 50s. Uh-huh. That's still pretty young for a head coach if we remember where Nick Saban was when he was in his early 50s. He's got so much time ahead of him and uh, you're right he's 47 unless he goes to the nfl i he's not gonna go anywhere else that's his alma mater he's excited and happy to be leading this program so they're just gonna continue to trend forward they are in a hotbed location for recruiting and as long as they finish top three in recruiting every single year which is gonna be an easy thing for them to do absolutely they're the, they are the new dynasty the new team to beat in college football all right let me just say this. You want to, you want to, you ready to laugh your ass off? Uh oh. Now, Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, would hate me for this. <laughs> okay. okay. Because, you know, he, um, he didn't like that I said I might lean Stetson Bennett in something. You want to hear something weird? I think yeah. if, if they, if they win one, if they win again this year, okay, and they go back to back. I think to take overtake Alabama, two things needs to happen. Number one, they're going to have to establish again, maybe in the SEC championship game, that they beat Alabama, go back to a playoffs. Maybe Alabama sits out again. Who knows? They're going to have to win one with Stetson Bennett or without Stetson Bennett. Okay. As crazy as this sounds, when you have a quarterback that's won you back to back national title, it's it's a lot like Nick in a sense. Okay, if you remember, A.J. McCarron, uh, Alabama won back-to-back national titles with A.J. McCarron, okay? Yes. They didn't, if I'm not mistaken, Pooh, quote, uh, quote me on this. I'm pretty sure they didn't win another one if I'm not, if I'm being, no, they won one. No, that's wrong. They won one with McElroy and then didn't win another one. And then they went back-to-back with McCarron. And then I think the next one they won was with, with Coker. Co- with Coker. Okay, it took him a minute to get there. Yeah. My thing would be with this, you're going to have to establish that uh, you're going to have to establish that you can win one without Stetson Bennett. That is the wildest thing to me, by the way. Okay, that 
he's going to be the guy that leads Georgia. Of all the guys, Aaron Murray, whoever, Matt Stafford, whoever you want to say. Uh, Stetson Bennett might be a two-time national winning college quarterback. I think that that gets him drafted, if I'm being honest. I think a team's going to look at him and say, you know what, he could be a two or three guy, and if you need him, you need He's going to be a flutie. He's gonna, yeah, he, he's, he's going to float around. He's going to float around. He's going to, you know, because, Joe, you, there's going to be a GM in, somewhere in this country where it says, bro, he just won back-to-back national titles, okay? As much as he's little, he's 5'9", he's 200 pounds, whatever it may be, the dude can play. He's just a ball player. Is he NFL talent? Is he going to be a, a superstar? No. I mean, he's not better than Caleb Williams. He's not better than C.J. Stroud. He's not and more talented, I should say. He's not more talented than Drake May. But, man, it's crazy that they're going to, to me, to for for Georgia to have to take over at the at this exact moment over Alabama to say that the team in the in the in the in the college football that you have to beat, you're going to have to do it without Stetson. How crazy do I sound when I say that? I don't think you sound too crazy because we mentioned earlier the importance of having veteran guys and experienced guys in, in those situations. And I, I will say they're in good hands because I'm assuming that Brock Vandergriff, it looks like he's not, hasn't hopped in the portal. And I assume that he's going to be the guy next year. They haven't sought out a transfer portal quarterback, but uh, they've got talent at the position. I, I have faith that, faith that they will be able to recruit at the position. Um, there's a lot of talented guys that come out of the state of Georgia in general, and they're able to get those five-star guys as, as we've seen in the past. But it is, it is goofy to say that the walk-on kid is the one that, that needed to get them to the promised land twice. And, and sometimes that's what you need. Like sometimes you need the guy that's not the conventional player that gets the job done, keeps the team on schedule. Stetson's never a guy who's going to come out and make the crazy throw uh, and, and do the things that, that Caleb Williams does or do the things that Drake May does. He's never going to be that guy ever in his career. But what you can trust him to do is hand the ball off one without mistakes, get his team lined up without issues. And then the third thing, when you got to throw the ball, he makes a concise decision. He makes the simple decision. He's always, I know everyone jokes with, with, with guys like Tom Brady, like Captain Dumpoff, he's going to make those decisions and keep the throws safer rather than being a gunslinger like Caleb Williams or Drake May to try and take those gambling chances to take those shots. I, I, again, I give him credit. I think that to your point about the NFL stuff, we've got a lot of GMs and decision makers that have really archaic old school styles of thinking. And yeah, there's going to be a couple teams probably that have that stupid approach of, wow, this kid won two national championships. We should draft him. He's going to make a great backup. Probably not going to have a very long career or actually could have a long career, not as a starter, uh, but he has that potential nonetheless. He could chase Daniel this thing. Oh, absolutely. He could completely chase Daniel this thing and, and make a lot of money. I want to bring this up. Anthony Hall on Facebook says, Blake, you do remember Cardell Jones against that loaded Alabama team. Alabama was favored big, and Alabama had four first-round picks. And I, uh, he said, just saying, not only did they have four first-round picks, Joe, they had four first-round picks on defense. Which is which was wild. Um, I think they had five total. I think if I'm not mistaken, Amari Cooper. Yeah. So long ago was the receiver uh, that went the first round was the only offensive player. Uh, what do you think about that statement? So my my pushback on it, maybe just trying to use that as an example 
that offensive line that Ohio State had was really freaking good. I'm pretty sure Taylor Decker was one of the guys that was on that offensive yeah, line. And it was then, Decker, and then they had the center that played. Uh, yeah. I forget what his name is, but they had the, the Remington award-winning center. Yes. Well. Mm -hmm. And they had Ezekiel Elliott. So this is a very different, differently structured team than and the it, one that we have. your boy for the Jets? Remember the, the deep threat? Uh, Devin Smith. He's Devin Smith. Yes. Dunk in the NFL. But – their approach was, hey, we're going to lean on Zeke. We're going to lean on the offensive line. We're going to run the football. I always look to physicality. I always look at the line of scrimmage when I look at games. That's the first thing that I pay attention to because more often than, than not, you can predict the winner based on who matches up better on the line of scrimmage. And like that was the case in this game. It was that they had the better offensive line. The offensive line this year is not tough enough, uh, tough enough to stop Georgia. They're just not. I... I can't believe I'm going to say this. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I don't like doing that. I, I kind of put him. And, and here, here's, here's the thing, too. What's crazy about that is you're right. Now, I saw a stat from this guy, Jay Book, okay, who covers Ohio State. He talked about that game this week or talked about that team this week. Did you know in that Alabama game, Cardell Jones running the football had seven first downs on a third down run? Seven. That in and of itself, like that's what I'm saying about C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. Listen, buddy, it's going to be third and four, and you're going to – and I, you know, even when Alabama played uh, um, Ohio State in the national championship game with Justin Fields, just, if you remember, Fields had like the bruised rib or broken rib, whatever it was, and he was so scared to run the football that it ultimately beat him, and it yeah. got him beat. C.J.'s going to have to run the football, and – to, to that point, it's so wild. Everybody, you know, and it's like, an L, you know, people obviously know that when we cover LSU, people talk about, well, J.J. Daniels, he runs the ball too much. In these games, quarterbacks got to run the football and, and pick up first down, so it's going to really, uh, really hurt them. Okay, so let's do this. So let's let's finish this playoff by our, with our picks, and then we'll, we'll transition because we do have Notre Dame and South Carolina today. Obviously, you being a Notre Dame fan, boo! Obviously, you you're going to want to talk about that game. Yep. And Clemson and Tennessee, which I think of the non-playoff games, is the most intriguing game to me so far. Let's make our picks, though. I think Georgia does win big. Okay. I, I and when I mean big, I, I think it's going to be a 17 to 20 point. But I think on the field, it's going to look a lot worse than what it is. And I'm going to go ahead and take Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan as well, 14 to 20 points. Um, I just think that it's not going to really be be close in either one of them. I think we're on a collision course for Georgia and Michigan. What says you? I agree with you on Michigan. I think Michigan is going to win by two scores. Uh, Georgia and the Ohio State, on the other hand, I feel that this game is going to be really lopsided. You all that shit about TCU. Only to I'm say just trying to make it our, two scores. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be stupid in making my picks. I I bet on Michigan. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to. But I I would like to provide the counter argument, the possibility of it occurring. Um. Again, Michigan by two points, but for Ohio State, Georgia, it'll be lopsided, and then I see like a backdoor cover, like live bet this game. Absolutely live bet this game for Ohio State to cover and backdoor cover it because it's it's certainly possible. Like they're, they're going to have a bunch of late touchdowns when Georgia's just goofing around on the field to get back into it, but we're, we're going to have a Michigan-Georgia national championship. It's It's going to happen. All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's do this. Just want to remind everybody, we'll have the commercials in here next week. 
our, our, our next episode. But want to talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. If it's your first time using BetOnline, use the promo code BELIEVE50 at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V-50 at checkout. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And I got a little Believe mug. So there you go, B-L-E-A-V, drinking our coffee with it. Joe, we do have some bowl games today, as we mentioned earlier in the show. I'm 5-0-1 because I did. I told you when the game was tied with uh, with <laughs> Ole Miss and Texas Tech, I tweeted this out. I was like, guys, I'm cashing out. I'm not playing this one anymore. Uh, so I'm going to give myself a tie because the game was tied when I tweeted that out. I'm just I'm going to give myself that one. Uh, we can do a little betting on this one, but let's talk about the games holistically as themselves. Let's start off with North Notre Dame and South Carolina. But before we get to the game, I've been very vocal about this, and I, 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 I'm assuming we're about to get into the debate. Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest quarterback, said a while back that he doesn't plan on coming back to uh, Wake Forest. He plans on moving on. My pr- As soon as he goes in the portal, you got guys like Pete Thamel saying that he's training to go to Notre Dame. We think he's going there. Joe, I have a problem with that. Okay? Let me tell you what I have a problem with. Number one, I have a problem with if I'm the if I'm a teammate of Sam Hartman, bro, leave. If you're going to say you're not going to be here next year and you're going to go somewhere else and you're already shopping yourself, leave. Number two, let's not act as if that Notre Dame has not been tampering with him because by the letter of the law, by the letter of the law, you cannot contact directly or indirectly. Now, I pulled up the bylaws and tweeted them out. Directly or indirectly with anybody on another college team. You just can't do it. Okay? With that being said... It's tampering. Now, do I care that he's going to Notre Dame? No. Do I care, you know, is it a good pickup for them? Yes. I'm not losing sleep over this. But at the same time, let's not act as if that this isn't blatant tampering, okay? Because it is. I, look, I agree with you on the tampering sign that it, I, I think that it is completely overrunning college football. The stuff that happened with Drake May was ridiculous. What happened with Jordan Addison was ridiculous. The recruitment of him while he was still at Pitt to get him to go to Texas or USC was uh, a a huge blemish on the game of college football. Absolutely is. It it is is so negative for the the future of the sport. I even had on one of my shows, Tucker Craft, who's going to be a high draft pick from South Dakota State, state that he was tampered with and he was offered a lot of money by SEC schools to leave and come play for those programs. Interesting, huh? I, I think it's I think it's terrible for the sport. And everyone's doing it. It's rampant. I'm willing to bet that LSU is probably doing it. Everyone across the I sport. Never, and, and listen, every you're right. Everybody's doing it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not but continue. I'm not saying they're not. In this circumstance, though, this is a different circumstance than the typical tampering situation. How, I know by the letter we, of the law. How do we know that? Because he publicly stated i am leaving why did he, he publicly wanted, st- why did he publicly state it because he's a graduate transfer he's no it was because he was asked and wake forest media had been there had been buzz around wake forest that he was being tampered with and they asked him if he was coming back to north uh, to wake forest next year the yes. only reason they asked him was because they knew that notre dame was tampering with him but he still he still made it public that he wasn't coming he back does, but he's also a graduate transfer it's different yeah, but it it's doesn't different. matter it, it doesn't matter. 
Joe. Yes. I, you can graduate in three years in college football more than more than you can anywhere else. You know why? Because kids take summer school. They, yeah. they are they are yeah. students year round. Yeah. He, bullshit. He got tampered with, and the re, and I talked to three guys that cover West, uh, Wake Forest. Three. All of them said that the reason that Sam Hartman was asked if he was going to be here next year is because they had heard Notre Dame was tampering with him. So let's let's not act as if that Notre Dame was just sitting there all foolishly saying, "Oh, well, after the fact, he said I, he wasn't coming." I, back. I'm not, but I'm not saying that they're like, "Oh, well, he wants to come to Notre Dame." That's such a coincidence. I'm not saying that that's what what happened here. They definitely had conversations with him. Yeah, I know of an, I know of another quarterback from another program that uh, Notre Dame had conversations with that is now in the NFL. Oh. And I will tell you, I, I can't. Oh. I'm not gonna say I can't say it on here. I will tell Don't you after. Be a Rudy Poop. No, no, no. I, I would. I, I can't lose the credibility of of this this person. I just can't because he gives me a lot of really good information. I, I can't. Right, I can't do right, that. Right. But I, it. He's a graduate transfer. This it is a different circumstance. It's, it's not like he's a freshman that had a really good season. It's not like it's Drake does May. Drake May. Does he have the ability to come back? Yes or no. Yes, he does theoretically, okay. and he graduate transfer. But before the transfer portal, before all this money was being thrown around, guys used to graduate transfer all the time, and those conversations need to have been had with schools when with games going on. Like they, you can't the timeline of of entering the. He portal, was asked the week that they were playing Clemson. I'm trying to think when that was. Wait. That early on in the season, yes. there was speculation that he was being tampered yes, that's with. that's when he was asked. If he's asked eight weeks ago, if he was asked eight weeks ago, in the early part of October, shit, they, if I'm not mistaken, they were playing Clemson. Wait, wait, but him being asked that question that early on in the season, at that time, a lot of people believed that Sam Hartman was entering the NFL draft. And they asked him if he was coming back, and he said, no, I will be looking elsewhere. He didn't declare for the NFL draft. Right, so the, it's vague on, in the sense where he's saying, I'm either going to the NFL or I'm going to no, another no, school. No, no, he, no. He made it he known. He said, I'm transferring to another school. He said, I will be going somewhere else next year in the, in the, in the spirit of that he's not coming back, that he's going elsewhere. He didn't talk about the draft. Okay. But did he specifically say I am transferring to another school? No, when he didn't, I read the he didn't, when I read the quote, have, it seems. But big. he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to, Joe. My 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 point is is you cannot tell me that you are a, you are you don't like Tamp. Do you do you really believe? And, and and let's take Notre Dame out of this for just a minute because I know that you love them, the Fighting Irish. Which I do. I did read something this week that I thought was really interesting. How they got the name Fighting Irish. We'll talk about that in just a minute. I yes. thought that that was really interesting. I do know the, the backstory in that. So, however, let's not act as if when Taylor Bugner went down, they didn't communicate with him. I will also tell you this. I know for a fact of an SEC school contacting three receivers from another SEC school saying that you need to come play here. Tampering is tampering. Bro, they... The, let me tell you something, and why the the NBA, NFL, and all these other teams, I think, do it the right way. Magic Johnson was eating, was getting coffee at a Starbucks, and saw Paul George, okay, and told Paul George what's up, and they got a photo of them talking. 
Okay, both of them had the recollection. The NBA got the the cameras of them just saying, "Hey, what's going on? Good to see you." Hug. They walk out. They hit magic with a five hundred thousand dollar fine. Okay, let's not act as if that you if you really. Why is the Wake Forest media be asking him if he if he's being tampered with? If they don't know, like they knew something was up. My my whole point in all this is mm-hmm. at some look. Let's take Sam Hartman out of it for just a minute and Notre Dame out of it. Yeah. The NCAA's got to do something yes. to stop this. I agree. And I, I th- The problem that I have is just it's just so blatantly obvious right now that they're doing that Notre Dame did it. That at what point are you just going to sit here like you're turning a blind eye? Well, bring in your graduate transfer. I don't give two Rudy Poos and two Fs what the fuck he is. My point is, if you're gonna, if you're going to, if you're going to have a line in the sand and say you can't break this rule, Joe, a the biggest one of the biggest media members came out and said that Notre Dame had already talked to him indirectly. The bylaws say that you can't do that. They don't say, well, if you're a graduate transfer, bullshit. Look, I, again, I agree that something needs to be done to properly regulate this and prevent it from happening. But if there are regulations and uh, rules put in place, it's distinctly different for graduate transfers. He's not, part of this too, for, for, for Hartman's sake is, He's a smart kid. He went to Wake Forest, which is a really hard school to get into. Like a guy like that to 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 process and to apply for a transfer to get into a school like Notre Dame, you have to do it ahead of time with a certain amount of time. And I'm sure that his outlook is not on I'm going to have a long NFL career because and to enter be to- the portal to be, but to be, to, but why would he enter the portal? He's not going to enter the portal in week two against Clemson. He's not going to enter the portal before the bowl game because he wants to finish the season with his guys. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. He that he wants to stand with his teammates. Then, then it's his fault for saying that he was leaving. He he said he was leaving, and that effectively well, makes him open game. He should have never said it then. Also, we don't know the extent of the conversations that he had with Notre Dame leading up to that. It could have just been Tommy Reese saying, like, hey, Sam, how's it going? Like you're talking about here no. with, with that. Hey, no. Sam. Hey, Sam, but you're playing Look, really great this season. Tonight, I wasn't born last night. Tommy Rees is a sleazebag if he did it. It probably was Tommy Rees, if we're being completely honest. Or Brian Driscoll. Any, either way, either way, either way. I don't I just I, saw I, I just realize that you just stuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't li- I just don't like the fact that it's so blatant and obvious. Okay. I, I, I think something needs to be changed. And the problem is, is that we we can sit here and argue about it, but the problem is, is that we don't have any rules to point to, really. Like well, the, well, what you're talking about, those bylaws are so vague and they're so poorly they're written. Not, and they're not, but they're not but, vague. They're not they're vague. Not, but they're not enforced is the big problem. That's so it's like, it's like, what's the point of us sitting here arguing like, well, by the ruling of these words, you can't do this. But there's no enforcement. They're it's not like, enforcement. That's the that's the problem. You know why the NCAA sucks ass? This is why they suck on their mama's tit. Okay? It's because, like, so for an example, like, you can go into basketball. Like, the IARP, Kansas hasn't been popped. Arizona barely got popped. Uh, Memphis didn't get popped. LSU doesn't have a verdict. Joe, they, are, they have been so bad at enforcing rules and then penalizing people who, like, 
you know, how many times do we have to come in here and talk about the NCAA not giving a waiver to a kid whose parents are sick and wants to transfer closer to home? But yet you have a rule that's blatant and obvious that states, and I'm quoting, I read this a thousand times. You cannot have contact, meaning you or or in directly or indirectly with anybody enrolled in another school, university, or program. That is the rule. That's the rule. They broke it. You know it, and I know it. If he's going to go into the portal and he's going to have conversations, then they need to do something else for graduate transfers. It's like it's like the old saying goes: just because it right doesn't just because it's right doesn't make it legal. Okay, what was uh, prohibition? Okay, prohibition was wrong. It was still illegal. Okay. Okay. And I like I'm getting accused in the chat here of saying that because it's Notre Dame, I'm I'm defending them. I, you I'm are not. You are I'm not. I'm not. It's are. it is a unique circumstance. It is a different circumstance because of where he sits in his timeline of playing. He's this is his sixth year. It's his sixth year of playing college football. Like it's not I have good. a problem. Let me tell you what else I have a problem with. Yeah, I have a problem with Dion being announced as the next Colorado head coach and saying that his son's the next quarterback. I have a problem with it. That I admit I don't have a problem with that. Because that's well, expected. I, it's know, his son. He can't not tamper with his son. And you also can't you're right. even you're if there right. was heavy regulation in place, you also can't regulate that because if you're sitting you're right. at dinner, I think it's his son. But at the same time, if if Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, if they were to do if they if they looked at another kid and said, that's my quarterback, and he's on another program. What you going to do? But if it's their son, it's a little bit different. I, I understand that. But where do you draw the line? I draw the line there, as long as it's not your okay, kid. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. Right. Let's get Sorry, to that was game. a stupid answer. But <laughs> it, well, it, it was a stupid question, by the way. Okay. All right, let's get to this one. As Wake Forest did beat Missouri, though, 27-17, just to go through some of these games, Oregon State beat Florida 30-3. Arkansas with a thriller in double overtime with over, over Kansas 55-53. Texas Tech took it to Ole Miss. 42 to 25. So we have Notre Dame and South Carolina today. How do you think the game though plays out? Uh, sorry, I got, I got distracted by a text message. Which game did you say? I'm I'm getting bombarded with texts. I apologize. By whom? Who who's trying to interrupt you during our show? Uh, annoying people that don't know that I have the day off. Okay, so uh, shout out to our good friends over at Believe. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame versus South Carolina. How do you think this game plays out? Right. Uh, probably could have guessed that that was the game that you were referring to. Um, South Carolina has a number of players that have opted out of this game, including both yeah. of their tight ends. Jaheim Bell is their best offensive player, in in my opinion. Spencer Rattler's great. He's looked or not great. He's very inconsistent. He has looked better over the past couple of weeks. And I think if he plays the way that he did against Clemson and against Tennessee, they have a fighter's chance. However, the reason why with removing homerism here, the reason why I lean Notre Dame is that South Carolina has one of the worst rushing defenses in I the agree. country. Notre Dame has one of the best top five offensive lines. Not a single guy has declared for the draft or entered the portal. They are a young, talented group. And Audric Estime is a really freaking good running back. They also, Tyler Buckner is supposed to be the starting quarterback. That is an assumption uh, based on what Marcus Freeman has said. I mean, who else would it be? 
Uh, Stephen Jelly from, uh, from New Fresh. Jersey, from yeah, from from Burton mm-hmm. Catholic. Um, which there's a possibility of that, and I was I was talking with Ryan Roberts about that, and maybe there's a possibility he sneaks his way into the game. But if Buckner plays, really talented runner, I'm sure they're going to lean on their read option, which they were doing at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. All that for me favors Notre Dame in this game. Again, I'm not betting on it because I'm afraid to. Um, but they are set up properly to to have a, a nice, probably low-scoring, easy victory over South Carolina. I I don't I, I I can't bet this game. I really don't even want to pick this game because, on one hand, I think when you have momentum like South Carolina does, I think that that's a thing. Um, I, I just don't know here. For whatever reason, I want to lean South Carolina just in the sense of that they've had the momentum. If Notre Dame comes out and absolutely beats the dog dog manure out of them, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I do agree with you. I think Notre Dame has the better the better talent up front. I just I can't I, I don't know how to shake this game out because I feel like South Carolina has more speed where Notre Dame just is a little bit more physical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that they're I think it's gonna be a really interesting game. Let's see what better quarterback wins. I will say this, it, I, I, when I heard Tyler Bugner was coming back a couple of weeks ago when Freeman had made that, I started leaning more South Carolina because I don't know if how much I trust Buckner because in the games that he started and played, they looked really bad offensively. It's not as if anybody was leaving. Tommy Reese was still there. I mean, you'd had time to be able to adapt. I, I don't know if I'm a big uh, Buckner fan is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I think if you had to bet on the quarterbacks, as crazy as it's going to sound, I think I'm going to lead Spencer Rattler over this. I think that Notre Gross. Dame might. Well, well, well. Here's the thing. <laughs> why? Well, here's the reason why I think that. Look, Notre Dame doesn't even believe in Buckner. Let's look. Look. Let's call it what it is. You don't go after Sam Hartman if you believe in Tyler Buckner. You don't. Yeah. Well, in in that circumstance, they're also just doubling down to have. Buckner's young, so if he sits next year and you, Hartman you starts, he still um, takes you don't over. Get Hartman, if you if you get Hartman to start, you're starting yeah. quarterback next season is Sam Hartman. Let's let's yeah. just cut the shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you're and you're damn near. T- I go with with a play calling thing though, Joe. You're telling me you don't believe in him. That's what you're telling me. Right? It's Miles Brennan, Joe Burrow effect. It, you had a very talented quarterback that came in. Bottom line is you said you think that he sucks to some extent. You'll think he's not ready. That's that's the message you send me. No, I don't I don't disagree on that at all and I, there is a little bit of fear in how does Buckner play? Does he actually show up and have a good performance or is he, you know, is is he going to play the way that he did against Marshall? Um it's purely dependent on how they run the ball. And I will say since the beginning of the year when he first started they have gotten into a much better rhythm as a rushing team. They have gotten into a much more consistent rhythm uh, as a running team since then. So I, I have a little bit more faith. The other thing, too, that I forgot to include as well, Zach Pickens, who is their best defensive lineman, best defensive tackle, is not playing in this game. He's not going to be available, and he is really good. I don't know what bum that they're going to be putting out there to replace him, but I don't have faith that he's going to do very well against the uh, the Notre Dame offensive line. I think I'm gonna. St- I'm, I think I might stay out of these games today. I mean, you got an NC State and Maryland, UCLA and Pitt. I might bet the UCLA Pitt game. Um, Ohio and Wyoming. That's on Barstool. I'm not. I'm not even gonna watch that. <laughs> Tennessee and Clemson. So 
Look, I, I'm going to lean South Carolina. You're obviously going to lean Notre Dame. That's going to be an interesting game. I'm not going to be surprised if either one of them wins. All right, let's end the show, though. Um, we do have some game Before we get to Tennessee-Clemson, we have some other SEC uh, bowl games. Let's just pick these games really quickly. Let's take our, make our picks. Okay. Bama-Kansas State, who do you got? Bama's going to win that game. I got they, Bama as well. Yeah, Bryce Young and Will Anderson are back, so. Iowa and Kentucky. Who you got? I, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Iowa. Or, I mean, I'm going to take Kentucky in this one. Oh, um, so you know, give me Iowa, man. I don't. Who the heck's even starting at quarterback? For I Kentucky? have no idea. I think you're right. I might lean <laughs> Iowa on that one. I think you're right. Uh, LSU, Purdue. I'm obviously taking LSU. I think LSU is about to. I think LSU is going to show that they want to be a top ten team next year. Give me the Boilermakers. No, I'm gonna. I'm leaning LSU. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I would be the biggest hack in the world if, with all the guys that they're losing and they don't even have their head coach yet. I, I'm going with LSU. Mississippi State, Illinois. This is a tough one for me. Uh, uh, Mississippi State, just because of everything that they've been through. I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I. I completely agree, dude. By the way. Illinois got a pretty interesting quarterback in the portal. I was just thinking that they got Luke Altmeyer, which is really sneaky, really sneaky. It good is really sneaky. Mm. Look at old Brett Bielema and his big ass belly button making some <laughs> <food>. <laughs> Dude, Bro, have you seen? Did you see that picture that went viral of Brett Bielema at the swimming pool? Dude, his belly button's like this big. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, I mean it's it's freaking wild. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. And I'm talking about another man's belly. Brett Bielema. Oh, my God. How does he even – how are you a grown man with an Audi belly button? I've seen that picture before. I don't, I don't know, but look at that belly button, dude. <laughs> like, look at that belly button, bro. I mean, it is – I don't know. That's freaky. That's just so freaky. Okay. That's so damn funny. That is funny. <laughs> like, how – you're right. How are you – how are you – I don't know. I don't know. It's so – ugh. Hey, Brad Bielema looks like he smells like cottage cheese to me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he looks like either either he's the kind of bigger guy that look, and I'm a bigger guy and I love to smell good, but he just looks like he doesn't smell good to me. I don't know. I don't know. Sweaty. Very. All right, Tennessee and Clemson. Listen, I think, Joe, we've talked about this and we'll we'll wrap the show up around this one. I think that this is the most intriguing non-playoff game to me. I am um listen, I have been known to be a little bit of a Clemson Homer to some from some people because I still don't think Dabo's overrated as some people assume or say that he is. I think that Kate Klubnik's is some is gonna be something special. Mm. And then and then you go on the Tennessee side, man, I don't know how much I trust in Joe Milton. A lot of guys are playing this ball game for Clemson. They return a lot of dudes. Bat or a brass or brassy, what's his name? The defensive tackle, Brissy, has not made a decision if he's going or not, which is extremely interesting to me. With that being said, I'm leaning Clemson on this one because I just, I really think that as much as people talk shit about Dabo and rightfully so, him saying the NIL is in the name, you know, God's name, image, and likeness, it's so, it's so just it is so corny. Like, look, I'm a I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. But man, it's just so forced sometimes. I still like I I still like Klubnik. I still but the thing is, man, I'm really intrigued by this because I, you know, Joe Milton his last game against Vandy. I know it's Vandy. He didn't look bad though. That's the only thing. 
This offense is high flying. I don't know where to go on this one. But it is the South Carolina Bowl. I will say this. Yeah. But my gut, based on what you just said, was the same sentiment I had. My gut doesn't trust Joe Milton. Forget what we just saw. I don't trust Joe Milton. And I think that you've got lightning in a bottle, Kate Klubnik. They're hot right now. I'm I'm going I'm going I'm going Clemson as well. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing, you know what's so wild about this one? Let me go to Google and do this because I wanted to pull up this Tennessee uh versus Vandy box score. Um hold on, let me pull this up. He had a he had like a stupid stat line. I remember it he was something a, crazy. He had a crazy stat line. So this is what it was. Joe, this is the only thing for me though. Joe Milton went 11 of 21 for 147 yards. Throwing the football, he is so bad. He is he has got the biggest no touch. arm. Well, he might have the best overall arm in, in college football. He just he throws it. But here's the problem. Okay. Jalen Wright, Dylan, uh, Dylan Sampson had one guy had 160 yards rushing. Another guy had 131 yards rushing. Jabril Small had 79 yards rushing. They completely changed who they were offensively, and they ran the ball down Vandy's throat. They're not going to be able to do this here. I think Joe Milton is just so um, below average. Yeah, as bad as that sounds. You agree with that? Yeah, he he's not he's not a guy who steps up and makes plays. Like he he's got a big arm. He's got a really massive, powerful arm, but. I, again, I'm leaning Club Nick, man. He's he's looked so good over the past couple of weeks. I agree. I agree. All right, Joe. This has been a really good episode one of what we will will continue to be the SEC College Football Show. Yes, how sir. do you want to How do you want to close this out? What, did we miss anything here? No, I, I mean we hit on everything. And once the the games are played, I'm sure we'll do some type of a reaction, and we'll figure out exactly what uh, date and time that we're going to do for that. Yeah, and look, we're gonna we're gonna talk the national championship game, obviously. Mm. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Till then, guys, Joe, it's been a great one. We'll uh this is something that oh, we forgot about Ask Us, but that's oh, here it is. Ask us, is it too soon to say Joe was wrong about Brian Kelly? Okay. I feel like I'm asked this every single week. So what what are we trying what are we trying to do here? I, I have conceded, I conceded weeks ago that I think that there are positive signs for Brian Kelly. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm completely wrong because it's one season, but there are a lot of positive signs for progression. It's it's very promising the way that they've looked in the first year. It, and Pooh Bear says, I must have missed that show. It I was think, every show. <laughs> it kind of was every show. I mean, it kind of was. I, I will say this. I do think it's crazy. They're not going to be worse. Okay, like LSU is never not going to be worse. I mean – Look, they had 63 scholarship players. Mm. Okay, they're cleaning up in the portal. Uh, what's interesting is Brian Kelly with Tom Rinaldi, after the Alabama win, said that he took up high offense that everybody at Notre Dame says he can't recruit and that he's a lazy recruiter. He goes, guys, I would be on a plane 12 hours a day flying to in-home visits. Brother, I can get in my Tesla, which, by the way, he has a blacked-out Tesla. I, I can get in my Tesla and go, and go see four – top five recruits in the state in a 20-minute drive. And that's just a massive thing when you talk about recruiting. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. That's a good point. All right. Till next time. Till next week, guys. We'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a good morning. Have a good day. Man, it's lunchtime around here, Joe. I might go get me, get me some food. So until then.
See y'all soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts.